You're listening to the Reconditioned Podcast, and today the president of Innovative Medicine in New York, Casper Schultz, is talking to us about how we shift the medical model from sick care to healthcare. It's one of my biggest passions, so stick around to hear this incredibly expansive chat. Your personality creates your personal reality. Authentic power is when your personality comes to serve the energy of your soul. The truth is the body is one ecosystem. You can get to the root cause and everything goes away. Welcome to the Reconditioned Podcast, where I use my knowledge and expertise of over a decade in the wellness and transformation world to take a deep dive into what makes us thrive as humans. I'm Lauren Vaknin, leading wellness and transformation coach. And following my remission from the rheumatoid arthritis I'd had for 27 years that left me wheelchair bound by the age of 18, I created a unique coaching combination, conflating physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of self to create true long lasting well being in all senses of the word. This podcast is one of the many free resources I've created to help you achieve the same. Whether you're suffering from chronic illness, raising children in a world of conflicting information, you're an entrepreneur wanting to step into your purpose, or you simply want to feel empowered and motivated to become the best version of yourself, join me along with expert guests as we uncover the most actionable and tangible ways to recondition ourselves back to wellness. Before we get stuck into the uninterrupted episode, I wanted to let you know why I am such a huge fan of the company supporting this season of Recondition, the Endo Clinic in Harley Street, who specialize in biological dentistry. Now you might recall me speaking about my journey with biological dentistry, both here on the podcast and over on my Instagram, and all of it was conducted over at Endo. So those of you who have been here for a while will remember that I was suffering from trigeminal neuralgia, which is otherwise known as the suicide disease, and it really was that bad. And three dentists over 18 months had told me it was nothing to do with my teeth. After a colleague told me about biological dentistry, and I'd been reading numerous books on the subject, and I watched the film Root Cause, which I highly recommend you all watching, I found the Endo Clinic, and they absolutely ticked every box I was told to look for. And I really was told to tick off these boxes to ensure that they were genuinely taking a biological approach to dentistry. So that's everything from safe mercury removal protocols to ceramic inlays and ceramic implants and a general health optimization approach. They use absolutely no metal at all. They work on the basis that our immune function is lowered during dental procedures, which is just something that you don't get at all with conventional dentistry. The possible connection between my health concern and dentistry was found in the first consultation. Again, something that all these other dentists and facial pain specialists at honestly some of London's top hospitals were not able to see. Because what they know is that previous dental treatments can lead to jaw cavitations, something that only those who are trained in biological dentistry know how to look out for. Now during my procedure I was given IV vitamin infusions, ozone therapy and this state-of-the-art plasma PRF treatment which was all to ensure that we were giving the body the very best chance to heal. And there's also a whole pre-treatment protocol as well. Anyone who listens to this podcast will know how much my life's journey has been about health optimization so this was just revelatory to me. And the trigeminal neuralgia went away the very next 
day. And it's not just facial problems. We now know that up to 70% of chronic health conditions can be as a result of conventional dentistry treatments and misconceptions surrounding oral care. I honestly recommend this clinic to everyone I know. And if you are experiencing any dental, facial or chronic health problems, or you just want your teeth looked after by a team who truly understand the long-term way to keep teeth and gums healthy, go to nduclinic.com. The clinic are offering a 10% discount off your initial consultation for anyone who mentions coming through Lauren. And this will include dental exam, x-rays, 3D scans, and even your first hygienist appointment. So that is nduclinic.com. Thank you to Endu. Hello everyone, uh, I just recorded a great episode with Casper Schultz, what a great guy, he's such a light, I just love what he's doing for healthcare, his passion and his, you know, his mission really is to change this sick care model that we live by, the healthcare model is not a healthcare model, it's a sick care model and I've been saying that for years and his passion and his drive for the Innovative Medicine Clinic in New York is exactly for that. And he's doing some incredible work with some unbelievable treatments. And the whole premise of it is a personalized, individualized, holistic approach. And again, I'll stress, holistic does not mean natural, doesn't mean alternative. Holistic means whole, the whole person. So they use an approach that incorporates the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of self. So you go to their clinic and you can have anything from NAD to IV vitamins to IV laser therapy and ozone therapy and hyperbaric oxygen to kind of psychological help and spiritual healing and acupuncture and a whole range of stuff. And I just think, wow, there needs to be clinics like this in every town in the world. It was a beautiful chat. Casper and I share a lot of interests and passions. And so, and, and we talk about this stuff a lot. So I think that really comes across as well. Both passionate really about spreading this message and, and changing this medical model that we, that we know it to be now because it's not working. The system is broken. And the more of us that see that, the more of us who put our time and efforts and resources into clinics like this, the more affordable they'll be able to become because we'll all be doing it. You know, we all have to do this and take responsibility. Anyway, it's a great episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Leave me a message about it. Get in touch on my Instagram at Lauren Vacneen. Tell me what you think about the episode. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast because that helps other people to hear about us. So enjoy whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, whether you are on the school run or on the treadmill or outside running or in the kitchen or wherever you might be. Enjoy. And I hope this lights up your day. Casper Schultz was exposed to a holistic and spiritual mentality from an early age thanks to the teachings of his father, a pioneer in integrative medicine and mother, a psychologist. Casper began the venture now known as Innovative Medicine at the age of 22 and is now the company's president. Innovative Medicine is a company dedicated to transforming healthcare through an advanced and truly comprehensive form of personalized integrative medicine. His work in medicine has garnered the attention of top medical minds across six continents, including Nobel laureates, top CEOs, Hollywood royalty, and best-selling authors. In addition, he oversees the New York Center for Innovative Medicine, a renowned medical center that attracts patients from all over the world. That's some bio, Casper. Thank you. Yeah, I, I feel that's been honed and, and the marketing people have gotten to it, but it's, it's, it's pretty realistic. So thank you. It is. It's awesome. You've done some incredible things. I'm so excited to um, 
dive in and really talk about what we're here to talk about, which is kind of how we shift the medical model from sick care to healthcare, which is something I know we're both really passionate about. But I always start by asking my guests the same question, which is what have you done so far today to support your wellness? Oh, today to support my wellness. It's so many things for the minute you wake up, I believe it starts right there, right? It starts with that decision of what you're going to do with that first bit of consciousness, correct? Mm -hmm. And so many, it's either reach for the phone, hit the snooze button, turn on the TV. These are all things that I think would set you up in a way that is not towards a healthy living, not towards the healthy choices for the rest of the day. For me, it's literally from that first second is, is just to sit up in that bed, put your feet, ground yourself on the floor and just be grateful for that second. Take that one deep breath and let that be your anchor for the rest of the day and the remainder of the thousands of choices you'll make throughout the day. And it goes on from there to a routine, to a meditation, to just uh, reading something. I mean, I shift. It's not so routine that it has to be the same thing. It depends how I feel. I do like to be intuitive in the way I do things, but I do think mornings are, are just so, so special and so integral to health. And everyone I've spoken to, whether it be doctor, expert, or just top performer, uh, also reiterates that everything from making your bed. I'm sure you've seen that YouTube video of the yeah. roll or so saying, you know, there's one thing you're going to do is make your bed because it sets the tone. And it's true. It is true that I think, uh, you know, in the morning, really, really take note of what you're doing. Don't reach for the phone. Don't start stressing right away because that just sets you up and it sets the whole body up. Sympathetic nervous system mm -hmm. gets activated. You start breathing more shallow throughout the day, stress build up, cortisol builds, all these things cascade into what you would say are many drops that are going your bucket towards toxicity yeah. and disease. And I try to avoid that as much as possible. So uh, yeah, so there's a number of things already and it's only 9 a.m. here, so. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like, because you know a lot of kind of health uh, experts that come on there have like a special drink or something they start that they wake up the digestive system with or something like that. Yeah, you know, it's water first thing, really. I try to get it. Sometimes, again, it's always a little bit different. Like I was just doing a liver flush uh, based on Dr. Uh, Linda Lancaster, who wrote Harmonic Healing. I'd interviewed her and read her book. And I was doing that liver flush, which is more like, you know, citrus and cayenne and all these things that can, you know, olive oil, they get the liver going in the morning. So I was doing that for, you know, a few weeks and but otherwise, just switch to good quality water, structured water, a good glass as soon as you wake up. Sometimes it's just uh, if it's in the winter or just need a little bit of flavor, it's it's uh, lemon water, right? And yeah. get that going. So I think it's 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 important to realize that, you know, you got to kind of follow what the body wants. It guides you mm -hmm. just as symptoms guide you when you're getting disease to be like, ding, ding, wake up. Something's yeah. going wrong here. Here's the symptom to give you the clue to let you know that you need to change something. So um, there's no one definitive, you know, whether it's matcha or coffee, it's it always kind of changes. And yeah. if I'm a holiday, sure, I'll, I'll enjoy something a little bit uh, sweeter sometimes too. Yeah, good. I like that. It's important to have that balance. Um, so let's go back because obviously yeah. for you, this started a very long time ago. You came to this lifestyle, not because you had an illness or because something happened, but you were brought up with this. And for me, that's fascinating. And that's what I'm trying to do with my kids. And mm -hmm. so I'd love you to tell us a bit about how that all started for you. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people like to say, what's your hero's journey? What was your point of kind of inflection that made you do this, that, you know, you hit rock bottom or you had that really, you know, incurable disease happen. 
uh, it wasn't like that. I was, I was born into this and I was blessed enough to be born into it and not even know it, that my father was a doctor um, who came here from Poland and my mother was a psychologist. And at the time I was born, he was already shifting out of the conventional paradigm. He was a very conventionally minded doctor when he started in the 60s and 70s practicing medicine. Uh, anesthesiologist, became chief of pain medicine at a large hospital, was doing surgeries and, you know, everything prescribing, you know, all these different painkillers at times. And, and around the time I was born, he shifted, he was frustrated, and he began searching for other tools out there in the world, because he said, this can't be it in medicine. I didn't come here to give people crutches, and then see them come back a year later worse. What, you know, I could do better, he said, I want to challenge myself to do better. So he began to travel the world and I got to come along for the ride because he didn't want to leave his family behind. So as a young kid, I was exposed to so many different cultures, so many different ways and traveled to China, to, you know, South America, throughout Europe, of course, was big because he was learning European biological medicine. So I got to not just travel and experience different cultures, and it went even into Africa and then third world countries where he's trying to just pick up things or just experience the culture and what they were doing to heal, whether that's just, you know, chanting or anything. He wanted to really say, there's so much out there in the world. What can I go in, see if I could use it, experience it, see how it clinically applies and see if it's worth it or not. He was still a skeptic. It's not that he suddenly switched and started, you know, doing shamanic healing from anesthesia to, no. But he did see that there was merit in a lot of what was out there in the world. And me being exposed to it at such a young age, it became normalized. You know, it became normal to, to see people kind of chanting or using sound to use frequencies and colors and homeopathy. All these things were, were normal in my household as well. So when you normalize something like that, it, it becomes almost strange when you see the other side of it. When yeah. I went to other people's homes and all they had was junk food and prescriptions. Mm -hmm. And as soon as someone got a little earache, here's an antibiotic. Yeah. I never liked that. I had very few times where I was ever given an antibiotic as a child. Was it necessary? Absolutely. Not saying it is not necessary. My father, of course, was still very appreciative of what conventional medicine can do and how it can help people in acute stages, especially. But that upbringing, and then it was from my mother's side, the psychology of it all, the emotions, understanding that and how that really interlays and plays into your, your whole health aspect and everything you do mm -hmm. and how you're going to handle things, your perspective about the world and what healing even means. So that was, you know, that upbringing really set me up. And I didn't know it really until I started the company because I went into marketing and finance. A lot of people think, oh, you're a doctor because you're in medicine. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> I am not. I started off as a financial analyst. I didn't want to follow my father's footsteps because he was so busy when I was a kid. He did miss some like games here and there. He was always, you know, in the private practice at the hospital, learning new things, traveling all the time. So it wasn't like a normal, I would say, um, upbringing where, where you have, you know, the parent kind of there doing a nine to five. Doctors work a lot, and especially if you're doing multiple things and then trying to incorporate all these other things into the practice. So I said, I don't want to work that hard and I kind of want to live differently. 
here I am, you know, 20, 30 years later, working just as hard, <laughs> building a business and multiple businesses, working with him, thankfully, and being in medicine and kind of doing the same thing, traveling a lot and, you know, having my hands in so many different pots. But um, no, it's, it's really a, it was a beautiful thing to see that early on, to carry it on and to come full circle and appreciate that everything I had witnessed and grown up with, I was able to apply later in life through the business uh, acumen and, and the training I got in college and business school, and then start to see how can we disrupt medicine? How can we change medicine and really make it what I learned, not what he had learned initially, but what he expanded himself to and saw such great results when he did it and was finally satisfied with his profession and not the revolving door of sickness, but actually one that led people towards healing and healed them and then saw them get better and better and optimize their health and no longer deal with chronic illness. So yeah, I'm, I always say I'm, I'm incredibly blessed for the upbringing that I didn't even know was happening to lead me to where I am today. Yeah, I always wonder if my kids will <laughs> will be grateful at some point. At the some moment, point they will. I'll the tell moment you that, they don't well, want to be healthy now. <laughs> I was, I was, I was never uh, truly appreciative as a teenager when your father's trying to do like acupuncture on you or something. You're like, get away from me. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Not with all this, I just want to live my life like a teenager. And then you do get a little bit uh, rebellious as, as any teenager will, right? As any child really should at times. But I'll say this again, it quickly came back to be like, that was such a blessing. I have so many tools in my toolkit to take on anything that comes my way now that I know other people do not. And I feel for them that's part of the mission is to, you should have these tools also. You should have these options because you can live a healthy and happy life if you apply these to you personally. So uh, I think they'll be very appreciative. And that is your hero story. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it's a you, different hero story, right? It's, right, but the, you've said that to me before about, you know, I don't have the hero story, but that is your hero story because... And I'm guessing most people listening to this right now are listening because they are wanting the same for their kids or for their families or for themselves. That what the effort that we're putting in now is so that our children can end up like you, healthy and kind of the living embodiment of what it is we're trying to do. I don't want my kids to grow up having to go through what I went through. And I don't want them to have that hero story, you know? So we're all, we're all kind of attempting to do all these things so that we can get to the point that you're at thanks to your parents so I think it's amazing thank you yeah I and it's not to say that there aren't challenges right that there weren't so many challenges and breaking points and everyone has that and life throws them at you it's how you deal with them how you're able to bounce back from that how you're able to just move on from that and see it as a lesson as well and I'm sure I spoke to you before about this you can now look back on disease and see that as a lesson and a blessing that pushed you into something else that evolved you that spiritually you had to go through perhaps. And, and I think anyone I've spoken to can say it, it really moved them towards the right direction. That disease yeah. doesn't have to be this kind of, you know, synonymous of, you know, just really negativity and everything at the point you're in it, of course, it's going to mm. seem that way. But on the other side where you can get, it is a beautiful thing that you look back on and kind of, you know, give your thanks and gratitude to. Yeah. And it's kind of nuanced, isn't it? When you think about it like that, because it's like, when I think about what I have come to because of, you know, illness, disease, I wouldn't have it any other way. Everything that has happened in my life that has been a blessing has been because of adversity. 
So it's almost like I don't want my kids to not have any adversity, you know, because then where does that lead them? So it is it is this nuanced conversation. But so let's go into innovative medicine and, and what the idea was behind it and what you're trying to what's the objective there? Because it's so yeah. cool. Oh, there's so many iterations, I say, of innovative medicine. It's like every five years, it's a little bit of a switch, always on the same mountain, looking at the same peak, which is change medicine, cure the incurable. Uh, you know, really for me personally, it's about making people see that health is the greatest wealth. There is nothing else you should prioritize more than health. Health is happiness. Happiness to me is success. That's the only barometer I measure of success. Mm -hmm. Too many people are like, oh, what are your accolades? What are your awards? How much money do you have? What kind of car do you drive? What's your job? That's success. No, I've talked to too many patients in our clinic that have all that and are sick as can be and miserable and would give it all up in a second. So all of these things embody the, the kind of, you know, the peak of this mountain, the summit that I always say is my guiding kind of position of what we're doing with the company. But on, on the base, on like the starting point, it was... Literally, my co-founder came to me and he was in medical school at the time. So this is a while back when I was still in college. And, and he said, listen, what your father do, is doing is pretty amazing and out there in medicine. You know, I came to him after suffering from allergies year after year after year. And his father and my father knew each other. They actually um, came from Poland and they were both doctors. So uh, they knew each other. But my father just transitioned into more integrative alternative holistic medicine and and here was my co-founder saying, listen, in three months, he did something that no other doctor I found did. And I don't have allergy and it totally worked. And it was natural. And it was like, I wasn't using all the steroids and everything else they put me on. And he's like, we got to put this out into the world. And I said, you know what? I am totally miserable in my job as a financial analyst and just pushing buttons. And you, you know, don't say. <laughs> oh man, it was it was just soul crushing. And and I said I needed a change. So the universe did provide for me that way to start the company in a sense based off an experience, based off of of just this kind of nudge to to you know get this out to the world. And and from there, it took on so many different types of um, you know uh, again pivots and, and approaches to how we're going to do that. It was selling high quality supplements in the beginning. It was then teaching doctors about this type of medicine. It was then refocused again on how do we expand the clinic itself, the place where it all started and originated, where my co-founder got better. How do we expand that? And then how do we empower patients as well? Because it's not just what happens in the medical clinic that heals you. It's those hours and hours outside the medical clinic you know, that, that what are you doing to heal yourself and all the different things that you can do to empower yourself to heal. So it was about how do we educate people into doing that? How do we empower them that way? How do we provide them with hope? Um, because so many are hopeless and don't even know about these options. So innovative medicine became that, became more of a movement, so many different, you know, it's, it's hard to give this elevator pitch on something that encompasses so much, but it really is to change medicine and and change the way people look at their health and how they do have the power. The one thing, you know, I, I really do not like, and I, I, I don't like to bash conventional medicine at all, because I think, again, it is so important and is a part of medicine. It's not that you could cut out any part of medicine and say it's medicine. Medicine is from surgery to spiritual practices. It's all of that in the middle also. Um, but I will say that when you have a doctor saying, you know, there's nothing you could do about this and you just need to take this pill and live with this disease, 
Mm-hmm. That's just soul crushing. That's like, oh, okay. There's nothing I can do about this. That's depowering right there. I have no power to change this situation, which we know is not true. Mm-hmm. We've seen just miraculous feats of healing before where someone's completely paralyzed and then is walking a year later just by thinking it almost in a sense. And so all of these things are, are so incredibly important to understand and to put out into the world. And that's what innovative medicine is about. It's providing the solutions where you could come into the clinic and actually get these hundred plus different therapies that we have now in a truly personalized and tailored manner to you to address your disease, not whatever the disease X name is, the diagnosis, but actually looking at you and mind, body, sphere, all of the different levels and using technology, again, to psychological approaches and spiritual practices, all of that for you. And then also, what are those things you could do outside? Where are the high quality products? Can we guide people towards that? Because people, sometimes it's hard these day and age to know, what should I take? What should I do? There's so much information out there. Everyone is an expert on social media and telling you, this is how I did it. You should do it my way. Where your way is going to be very different from the next person's. And I appreciate people sharing that for inspiration, but do not follow in footsteps because you will never have the same experience as someone Mm -hmm. else. So it's, it's all of those things really wrapped up into one. And it's, it's a beautiful challenge because it's like, okay, changing medicine, right? That, that's pretty uh, big task at hand. And it is so ingrained that, you know, we live in this way where doctors are right. This is the way of medicine. Anything outside of this box is, you know, not science. Don't look at it. Don't touch it. Stay away from it. Let's ban it. Let's, you know, uh, let's, let's demonize it. But the truth is, if you look at the experience of people that have gone through a different approach, such as yourself and so many others, it's the way medicine has to proceed because we are reaching this kind of, you know, breaking point of everything where if people do not change, if we don't change medicine, we're going to reach this level of like 80, 90% chronic illness. And from there, it just, you know, it's almost unsustainable. Okay, so we just cut out there for a bit. So we're just going to come back in with another question because all that's really fascinating. What interests me, and I see all your posts and, and, you know, I really follow what the clinic's doing and and some of the treatment's fascinating. So on like a practical, logical level, people coming in and they get kind of, you know, one practitioner who's taking them through all the options based on their personalized approach or do they go to different therapists depending on what's happening? And also, no, I'll let you answer that and then I'll get to the question. No, it's a great one because I, I've, I've had this discussion a lot and it does change the whole. And this is the thing I recently had. My co-founder went off back to medical school after a while and he had been practicing at different integrated practices on the West Coast. And he finally came back recently to work with us. So again, that came full circle of us working together for seven years, then him going to medical school, becoming a doctor, working on the West Coast, coming back to us and now working together at the same clinic. It's a beautiful thing, again, to be uh, like around each other and just kind of vibing again off of that energy we used to have when we first started the company. But uh, he mentioned it. He's like, you know, the one thing that's really different about this practice is and about this approach is not just the, the amount of options, because it is you have so many toys in a sense you, you can, you know, utilize and everything. But it's the team approach. It's literally, you know, everywhere else you kind of go, you have the doctor that you meet with or the practitioner you meet with that constructs your program of treatment that you deal with. And that's it. If you go to one doctor in the clinic, they'll probably do something a little different than the next doctor that's at the same clinic. 
Here, every single morning, the team meets together and it's a team effort. Everyone's on the same page. There is no, oh, this doctor came up with this. The mm -hmm. approach came up with it. It is a personalized approach where you're looking at the labs and everything, but you're also doing bioenergetic testing where you should get the same thing because the body is telling you what it wants, not the doctor thinking, I think you need this. Based on my intelligence, I'm seeing you would need this and this, and I've seen this does good results sometimes too. So that's what most of the medicine is like. Mm. But this is really, it doesn't matter who you go to. And we have different practitioners, clinical directors, acupuncture, all these psychologists there, that if you went to them, it wouldn't matter because at the end of the day, the program of treatment would be the team's program of treatment that they're all on board with, that your body gave them the information energetically to dictate what it needs in the right amounts, in the right priority, understanding that it may not even make sense. So, you know, a lot of times you'll see someone with high toxicity levels. And of course you say, we need to detox, right? That's just logical. But what if those toxicity level, what if the organs elimination aren't prepared for the detox? What if emotionally that would cause something that would also release a lot when you're releasing toxins, sometimes you get an emotional reaction. And so that would show up. So maybe you do need some kind of neuroemotional technique to start. And then we support the organs elimination and then we do detoxification, whether that's IV oral. And again, your body will dictate that, not us. So- I think that's the really interesting thing. And one of the things I really want to push in medicine as a whole, it doesn't matter if you follow the innovative medicine approach, functional medicine, all different types of approaches, but I would love to see more collaboration. I would love to see doctors come together yeah. and say, okay, let's bring this together, leave egos aside and the table be filled with just experts all around your spiritual guru, your chiropractor, your acupuncture, your sound therapist, your uh, health coach, everyone, nutritionists. That's what we do at the center. That's what we're trying to do. We're giving you everything from nutrition to spiritual practice and what you could be doing at home. Maybe EFT, some tapping will help you at home because you can't be in the center every single day of, you know, for weeks and weeks. Uh, and we try and make it, of course, how your body wants it, as minimal as possible to get the maximum results. So it's, it's really a, a truly collaborative and comprehensive approach that I don't think too many other uh, clinics do. And medicine in general, as we know, is very specialized and separated. You have a problem, go to this specialist. Oh, I don't do that. Go to the other one. And the body doesn't work that way. It's not like the heart works, you know, like yeah. without the brain or something. So cardiologists and neurologists are like, yeah. you know, passing each other back and forth. The truth is they can come together and see that connection of the heart and brain or gut and brain or anything in the body is really so interconnected that this idea of specializing is kind of silly. Uh, you know, you don't go to a mechanic and he says, I only deal with carburetors. You have to go to the other mechanic because he deals. <laughs> that's crazy, right? But in medicine, somehow it's so just, oh yeah, that's how you do it. And just jump around and no one really knows what's going on and go on this pill and go on that pill and maybe you'll feel better and maybe you won't. I don't know. It's just from even speaking with patients, it, it just, they're so frustrated and hopeless by the time sometimes reach us. And I understand I would be too, but that's why I think our approach and the innovative medicine approach really provides something very fresh. It sounds like a health utopia. 
<laughs> kind of. You know, it's not a true one-stop shop, but it is a lot. Like we don't do dentistry there. So if you have a dental problem, we'll find it, right? We've done that before many times where, you know, the movie Root Cause was based off me meeting with Fraser and him meeting with my father. And, and the whole story goes from there that we said, hey, listen, I think it, it's showing you have a dental issue. And he's like, what? That's, oh yeah, that's right. All those years ago, I got punched. And my two- Wait, so root cause was to do with you? Yeah, root cause. Uh, Fraser's a good like friend of mine from Australia that I met giving his girlfriend at the time went to one of our seminars. She was a medical practitioner out of Australia. And we were doing something in San Francisco. He came to us at a lunch and was like, I just want to introduce myself. I've been dealing with these issues. I've tried everything out there. I'm young. There's no one could tell me what's going on. And we used him as a case sample for like the class at the time. And we ran through like what, you know, the things and energetically testing and seeing what the cause could be. And we saw dental foci. You have an infection in a tooth. And it just blew him away. And he said, you know what? And he got that addressed and he felt amazing. And he said, I need to do a documentary about because at that time he was already doing documentaries. He did emotion. Um, so he was already involved in, in this kind of, you know, field of everything. And, and yeah, and at the time we were like, I, we, we didn't want to be a part of that really. We didn't want that kind of, you know, spotlight on us and we didn't do too much anyway, just found it. So we said, we're kind of, you know, do what you want, Fraser and interview who you want. But um, I mean, I wish we had the, you know, American Dental Association came after it hard and got pulled off Netflix very quickly, which was sad to see because it was mm. just a story of his actual experience and then experts on there. But uh, yeah, no, that, that was an interesting thing. And then when he said he's doing a documentary, I was like, oh, great. Good for you, Fraser. And I had him on the podcast and we yeah. talked all about that whole backstory to it. But it's things like that also that, you know, you could be going from specialist, trying everything because you're guessing. He was doing Amazon frog therapy and all these things. If you saw the movie, it goes through the thousands of things he tried. And yet still, young guy, completely just couldn't get out of bed, chronic fatigue, didn't know why. And when you broke it down and you had the tools and solutions available and evaluation methods to look at it differently, you were able to say, hey, everything's good, but this, your tooth. Look at it. Yeah. He got it done. That infection was gone and his body could recoup easily. Amazing. So what are the kind of um, conditions that people are coming to the clinic with? What are you seeing a lot? And, and also, you know, rare things. Yeah. I mean, it's everything, right? Because the, the whole approach to our, our type of medicine and innovative medicine is one that we don't care about your diagnosis. And I mean that in the nicest way, because of yeah. course it means something, I guess it's a, you know, it's a description of your symptoms and, you know, your biochemical reactions show you're in the range for this disease, but it's more about, well, what are the underlying causes that are causing for you? Right? What are the root causes here? What is you know allowing this to continue? Your your body can't cope with it. Can't you know get you into balance, and therefore you have disease X. Um, so, but I'll I'll be honest that you know in our clinic a lot of them are very complex conditions because they have been passed around so many. And when you're out of options, it's kind of like well let's go to that really advanced way of doing it. And it's out of pocket too. So I understand, you know, insurance doesn't cover this. It's expensive as medicine is in general. I mean, people say, oh, it looks so expensive. It's like, it's still a fraction of what your conventional bill costs. You just don't see it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you just pay premiums every month that you're kind of not witnessing. They go up 20% almost every year. And I don't know how sustainable that is either in the health insurance model at this rate. 
But also but, you, you got to, sorry, just really quickly. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, I always say this with people when it comes to the money side of things. Like yeah, if you are on the breadline, absolutely. And if you genuinely can't afford it, like absolutely. But if you can even take a loan to pay for this, because I know what it was like to be disabled for a long time. You can't right. work, you can't do it. So right. what's the long term? What are you paying for? How are you paying for that long term? If you can't move and you can't work and you can't raise your children properly, because I've been there. Yeah. That, that's not cheap either. You know, that's not easy either. So if you're fixing the problem from the root cause and it, it it's a big outlay, but then you're able to work and you're able to live and you can pay that back. Absolutely. Kind of thinking Every about it like that, you know? I think everyone likes to look at the intrinsic value of something, but you have to look at the value lost of disease. Right. You and know, you have to, to look at life. You have to look at not being able to see your children or go to things, travel, you know, work again, fulfill your life, have that purpose and connection and be miserable. And then you say, well, this is going to, and I had someone recently I spoke with and, you know, they said it was really easy in the end. Mm. It was either I get a new car this year that I won't be <laughs> driving because I'm so sick. Or I get, you know, do this treatment and put my faith in it and get better. And that made it incredibly simple to say, I'm going to do it anyway. And again, I agree with you. There are a lot of people out there that probably say, well, that's for rich people, right? Who have all this money. But the truth is, no, you would be surprised at what GoFundMe communities, you know, every your friends and family will do to help you if you truly have conviction and believe in it. We've had so many of those stories. Yeah. These are not rich people. These are people who truly wanted to get better. And had such conviction in getting better, they would do anything. And they took out those loans. They sold My parents them. did that. My parents yeah. took a loan to pay for a, a, an integrative treatment to send me to Israel to have the treatment because we knew it was going to work. They took out a loan. Like they, you know, it was not easy. My parents were not, did not have a lot of money by any means, you know, right. and you do what you've got to do. And I just believe that when you invest in your health, it reaps the rewards forever. The greatest ROI, you know, people will say, oh, you got a finance background. What do you invest in? It's like, yeah, you ask yourself. Like think about the one person you actually have control over. Stocks could right. dive any second, money of value, <laughs> goal, everything. You have no control over that. Sure, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a store of value and then the demand of everything you look at. And there are good investments, you could say. But what's the better, best investment of living long, happy being able to be more productive, you make better decisions when you're healthy. With decisions that will probably bring you more money because money is just energy. So it's exactly. going to come to better decisions. So it's like, to me, it's not even a, a question. Like just put, invest in yourself, invest in learning, invest in going to see the world more and experiencing because that will make you healthier. It will make you have a different perspective where you can handle maybe stress easier or see this is my purpose in life and this isn't. The nine to five that makes you miserable, I, I never understood it. Well, it pays the bills. A lot of things could pay the bills, right? Yeah. Um, and and it's not unrealistic to think that way too, because I've seen so many people that went through healing. And when you go through a healing treatment, you go through any treatment, you're going to change. You're going to evolve. That's part of it. If you don't, you're not healed, I say. Right. That's almost the last stage. You could go through all the biochemical stuff, the IVs, everything. But if you're not going to spiritually evolve out of that, I don't think you're truly healed. And most people, when they go through that final stage, it's like, you know, their purpose comes back. They start a new company. They do something radical or, you know, reconnect with, a, you know, family they haven't seen forever. And, and just things start happening for them. The universe provides for them at that stage. Yeah, so true. We went off on a tangent, though, because totally. the question originally was... <laughs> um, 
what sort of conditions are you seeing? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll I'll, I'll now answer that question more. That's okay, I like these the tangents. Point. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of the things we see a lot of is Lyme disease. Mm. Um, it's not to say that we are Lyme specialists because I don't think this medicine is about specializing in anything. It just so happens that Lyme disease is a very complex dynamic, multifaceted type of condition. It mimics so many other things, so it's hard to diagnose first off. Uh, you know, Borrelia is usually with tons of co-infections. It's never just Borrelia. And it's incredibly hard. Once it's in there for a good amount of time, it, it causes all kinds of chaos. And you could take antibiotics, maybe feel better, but then it comes out and it re wreaks havoc afterwards too. So it's this incredibly uh, you know, complex condition that conventional medicine, and even I have to say a lot of alternative medicine, has a very hard time with, with really eradicating and truly getting back to full health. And it takes time. And there's so many different levels of it. Again, it's not just a bacterial infection. It is always, almost always high, high toxicity, emotional issues, energy imbalances, all of these things wrapped up into one you know, complex uh, uh, disease. So- you got to kind of peel the layers of the onion with each person with Lyme and address it very personalized. You got to be like a sniper with it in a sense and not use the atomic bombs of antibiotics over and over. As we know, our microbiome is so essential. Every time you do antibiotics, you're just clearing out the good stuff. You are dropping a bomb on the civilization that lives inside you that actually keeps you healthy. Right. And every time you do that, what you're doing, what happens after an atomic bomb? You know, the rats, the cockroaches survive and they love that kind of playground of just nothingness of just, you know, dirt and everything. So that's what we That's a great analogy. Oh, absolutely. Because I think that's what you have to look at when you think of pathogens. Think of yourself inside as, as a whole earth going on. There's so many things going on. There are the bad guys in there and the criminals and everything. And then there are the good ones that digest food and give you nutrition and keep you, you know, produce so much for you. And even, you know, have been linked to depression or feeling happy. That's your microbiome and everything inside of you that you have more of that than actually you. You are more foreign kind of you know, substance in here. So Think of that as, as you know, what you're going to do with that civilization inside of you. And if you have some bad guys in their pathogens, are you just going to drop bombs on all those good guys too? And guess what? Those bad guys are resilient. They like it when you drop. They'll just hide because spirochetes burrow into the tissue, could sit there dormant, form a cyst around them to protect themselves even from anything, uh, and then come out. And that's why a lot of people do this whole roller coaster. And that's disease in general. And I think Lyme is an excellent representation of complex disease of any kind, whether it's neurological, whether it's, uh, you know, cardiovascular or digestive with Crohn's and IBS. So we see a lot of that. And to be able to give a truly personalized treatment with lots of different options that address them all and get the body and the good guys back there so that when you do go in and go after antimicrobials that go after specific pathogens, it becomes a much easier task. And you're basically creating an environment inside, which is all about biological terrain and European biological medicine. You're creating this internal environment, this milieu that those bad guys don't want to be. If you look around your house right now, if it's clean, you don't see cockroaches and these things. They are around in our environment in general. But if you have a clean environment inside, they cannot persist. Mm -hmm. It'd be easy to just set a few you know, traps or whatever and, and get rid of them. 
Um, but so many of us, unfortunately, live in complete filth inside, right? right. And, and have killed off all the bad guys with so much use of antibiotics and toxins and processed foods that that's why I think you see things like Lyme disease just, you know, blowing up. Right. The numbers don't even Instead reflect. of it being like something that can be maybe dealt with, it's just getting worse and worse because of how we treat our bodies. Absolutely. It's not an isolated incident anymore. We have people that travel and people think, oh, it's just in the Northeast line. That's, that's ridiculous. Nowadays, we have people from all over the world, China and Europe and South America, everywhere that come and say, you know, and we see it's Lyme. And they yeah. say they've been treating it with antibiotics, with everything, and nothing's helping. They're getting worse and worse, and it's neurological, it's it's digestive, it's so many different issues, and everyone's a little bit different with how they exhibit that. Yeah. So I would say Lyme is a big one, but then of course you have you know cancers, you have the Crohn's, IBS kind of digestive ones, you have allergies and sensitivities even in children, and and uh, neurological issues. But at the end of the day, it's really when you come in, you're a blank slate. You are not your disease. We are going to see why that disease, the why is so much more important yeah. than the what. So we go after the why and, and that's what we try and address in the best and personalized manner. And it's, it's worked uh, pretty uh, efficiently. And that's why people just, you know, from around the world do come to the clinic. Yeah. And what about, like, I see a lot of um, people who contact me, I've got these really complex issues because one illness has led to another that has led to another that's led to another and they've been on drug after drug and antibiotics you know I know someone who was diagnosed with lupus and then oh there was another diagnosis and then tried geminal neuralgia and so there's been the biologics and the anti-inflammatories and and antibiotic after antibiotic after antibiotic each time she got more sick Mm -hmm. and then anti you know the nerve drugs and at this stage, she's like, I don't think anything can help me. How can I get past this? If yeah. someone like that came to your clinic, would you be able, you know, is that, is there any case that's too complex? Or are you able to kind of, you know, kind of work backwards and get to the root of it and, and work through it? You know, I, I don't think there's any, listen, if you're, you know, stage four metastasized throughout your body and, you know, it's it, it, at that stage, Yes, it may be very difficult, especially if you're elderly, you know, 80 and so and and so forth. That's, it's incredibly hard. It's not to say that nothing is impossible. It's more on you. Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to put in that work at that age? Because we've had stage fours that are metastasized that have started to bring it back. And it's not to say we never say we never cure cancer. There's no cure here or anything. There's only established ways of chemo and radiation. You have to state that, of course, and it's about supportive and getting the body to start regenerating itself, hopefully. But, you know, it's, it's incredibly difficult. And we've had patients do that. And after a few years of hard work, you know, doing, but getting their life back, being able to do a few things said, okay, I'm ready now. I thought I had three months. You gave me two years to be with my grandchildren and travel the world. That was wonderful. But, you know, this is support. I know I'd have to keep doing these, I'd be everything else for forever. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm good now. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so that, that's that there, but to, in your case, what you said is, you know, 80% of the population of what we see patient population yeah. it is, uh, you know, I've tried everything, right. right. I've done it's it all. It's just shame, isn't it? Why don't they come to you at the well, beginning? Well, <laughs> you know, that's the thing I've learned. There's always something else. You, you never truly exhaust your options because there's limitless options. And sometimes it's just the combination. People, oh, I've done ozone before and I've done, you know, this and I've done emotional work. Have you done it in the right combination? Because then there are infinite 
you know, different ways you could go about it. Maybe it's two ozone therapies done this way and then a detox with this, that really, you know, and the positioning of it all has to happen perfectly for you to unlock your healing capabilities. So I don't think just, you know, saying I exhausted my options is, is really a, a misnomer for a lot of people because you have to realize the options are, you know, boundless in a sense of unlocking the key of yourself is such a particular, you know, it is your own combination. And think about it, there aren't like, you know, only a certain amount of combinations to pick a lock or something, it's endless. And that's only from a few numbers sometimes you could do that. So I think for people like that, I would say, listen, there are always options. And the truth of the matter is when you start looking at a little bit differently of, you know, what, what is my combination? What is the lock to unlock it? How do I get there? And what are the things I can be doing to get there? There's always a way. And Medicine is incredibly robust, really. You think you know what's out there. I learn every single day there are new things, exciting things and new developments happening all the time that give people hope that answer some other questions that maybe they need to address. And our medicine is incredibly dynamic. We're adding new therapies all the time. We're traveling around the world still. Me and my father do this and go to places, you know, and, and just go to Baden Baden Medicine Week and he's going, you know, to Denmark to learn about a, a special acupuncture that could help with eyesight and restore it from macular. It's like, it's, it's boundless. Wow. So when you look at it that way, it really gives you a lot of hope. And when you look at it as uh, an approach that truly personalizes it to you and not just says, oh, I think this therapy could work. Um, it, it really opens up the door of possibilities for anyone to be cured in a sense, in their own way. So I, I would always say to anyone that's really hopeless, you know, just, just don't feel that way. There's so many options. And if anything, take inspiration, at least from people such as yourself and others that have gone from that hopeless state like they were and have gotten better and are now 100% living their lives and flourishing and healthy and always healing. You're always healing. It's not mm -hmm. that you ever stop, right? I say it's a lifelong journey of healing. It's a yeah. beautiful one. But um, speaking and that that's the beauty of what I love to do. I love to connect with patients, hear their stories, share their stories as well, because I know from speaking with patients, they all say, I just needed to hear one person that was kind of in my spot that got better. I just needed that because I was, yeah. you know, just in bedridden and I was so hopeless. And then something came to me and I saw that one video and it led me to you guys, or it could lead you anywhere. I'm not saying this is, you know, your only chance innovative men. There's so many great practitioners, so many different approaches, and perhaps there's a better one for you as well. But there is, there are options is what I'm saying. At the end of the day, those complex and, and incurable, you know, I don't like that word really, because you are yourself, you know, that that's, you are not the diagnosis or, you know, the statistics or number on a piece of paper. You are you and, and believe in your amazing healing capabilities. You mentioned um, ozone and some of your incredible therapies. Tell me about some of these, because you've got some really cool therapies. Yeah. Which are your favorite ones? I like the ones that are visually cool, <laughs> you know, yeah. because you, like you could say a lot of people love the kind of neuroemotional techniques and, uh, you know, you could say the EMDR biofeedbacks and everything that that kind of, you know, get your mind in the right spot and release some emotions and you can feel very good that way. But 
I love the the ones that I could take pictures of and that I'm yeah. looking at and amazed with. So, you know, I, I've been big and I've been posting it. I'm big on the IV laser. I think that's amazing. Yeah, it looks incredible. I, I had Dr. Weber on and it's great because you, I, my father was a pioneer during pain management days of laser therapy and utilizing low-level lasers as well as pulse electromagnetic field uh, therapy, PEMF, for any type of pain or, you know, any injuries. And it worked very well. And if you shine lasers, it creates this reaction, cellular reaction, anti-inflammatory brings, you know, um, blood to flowing to the area. It creates so many different reactions when you just shine different lasers at different parameters and wavelengths and frequencies uh, that it starts to heal. But then it was, you know, and we had lasers, all types of different lasers, and we had um, uh, the NeuroV, which puts a laser into your, you know, no nostril and shines it at specific points of the brain, even to stimulate them. And but then there was this idea of Dr. Weber to actually put the laser inside your vein, inside the body, and not even shining in, but actually, you know, photocatalyzing the blood itself and using different lasers for different uh, results. Yellow improves vitamin D production, improves serotonin production. You know, so you're happier, you're getting vitamin D levels, which are essential. We know so many people are lacking that and taking supplements, whereas this is really just mimicking the sun. The best way to produce it is that way. Vitamin, you know, supplements are great, but they're never going to beat what your body could do itself. They're yeah. never going to beat nature itself and what you should be getting. So, so the IV laser, that ability to put a, a laser catheter inside your vein, see your arm glowing, you know, a different color and know that it's producing these things and feel it. I did that. I did a green one also, which is uh, in, improves nitric oxide levels, improves mitochondrial function and energy a lot. And I played tennis. I felt great. You know, mm -hmm. you normally after an hour of tennis, I'm almost 40 now. I'm, I'm kind of tired and I'm just, you know, sweating in those last few balls. I'm kind of racing to get to huffing and puffing, even in, you know, a condition where I play a lot and take care Come of myself. On, but 40 is the new 20. Oh, yeah, for me, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I, I am doing the whole Dave Asprey living to 120 thing, hopefully, and, and with all these gadgets and tech and, and putting health first, I think I can do. But um, yeah, the, I, I felt wonderful. Like, and just afterwards, I had energy even. And it just goes to show you that medicine is not just about healing sick. It's about optimizing your body. That's where I want to, you know, break down the barriers of, oh, you should only go to a doctor if you're sick. No, you should be going to the doctors to prevent it and to be your best to feel better than you ever did. Not because, uh, you know, suddenly you have a symptom, but that's the way I tackle it. And yeah, when I post things online of me getting IVs or different, you know, therapies, people are like, oh, get better soon. It's like, no, no, no. I know, yeah. <laughs> I am better. I am getting better, but I'm not sick here. I'm just optimizing my health. Um, so yeah, the IV laser is uh, an amazing one that we, I, I truly like, and a lot of patients are enjoying there are different uh, uh, frequency and light therapies as well. Like I said, visual ones, biocharger is an incredible one. If you ever mm, seen it, the yeah, Tesla yeah. coil, the gas is, it oh, biocharger is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And that just works on the principle of frequencies. They're all around us and they either help us. We know this, if we go into space without these frequencies, we start to degenerate. Astronauts saw that they need specific oscillations in a machine on the space shuttles and everything to produce Schumann mm. waves and all these different waves that our cells need to regenerate, need to communicate with each other and produce all the functions that are vital for health. So 
something like biocharger that you just sit around and you're like, what is it doing? Right. And so many people is, is incredible. And it has so many different recipes based on the frequencies mm. and you just are in that range of frequencies. And, you know, again, this is something people sometimes have a hard time understanding, but think about it from the opposite way. We know living under high power lines, electrical lines is bad. We know this. We know living, you know, putting a lot of electricity around us is not good. We can't wrap ourselves in wire and, and that will make our body dysfunction. So think about it. The opposite must be true too. If we introduce good frequencies around us, mm. uh, ones that actually emulate the earth and the cosmic free and all these different ones that we need. That's mm. a good thing that, that causes us to regenerate and cause the different body uh, parts to, to work, uh, you know, more optimally. So biocharger is a very cool one. I like stellar light. It's called stellar deluxe. It's actually from a, uh, an engineer who studied traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurveda a lot out of outside of London on the South coast of the UK called John whale. And I, I remember going there with my father and, it's a very rare device, but it's basically utilizing gemstones uh, that are placed into a specific light and the, a specific frequency goes through the gemstones and it's shined on different areas of the body. And that also triggers different energetic principles and kind of causes different biochemical reactions to happen. We know through kind of gem therapy or understanding what they did in India, even being around certain gems, again, that causes different frequencies that may establish you know, different energetic balances. And it's all about trying to get the assemblage point as its known balance so that your frequencies itself are good and you're regenerating and all the body parts are working. So something as simple as that is putting the correct uh, combination of gems and the correct light through it to amplify that and shining it on the spleen, on the head, on different, you know, get the brain even working differently in different frequencies and optimizing it. That's a, that's a really interesting way. And I think that is the future. It's looking at things energetically. IVs are great. I love NAD drips. I love, you know, plate rich plasma kind of pushes into the body that stimulates stem cells, right? Um, those are great. But at the end of the day, it all starts on an energetic level. So we have so many different therapies. There's a quantum a crystal bed you can lay on and each crystal is at the different seven chakras and you listen to different, you know, binaural beats and, and it really just mellows you out. Sometimes people love that one and they don't even know how it works because we don't yeah. really get how energy works in our life. We don't see it. So it's hard, but these are kind of cool visual ways to, to utilize that. And I know they are, they're big with the patients and just posting on Instagram because of that. <laughs> yeah. People like the, the things they see and the weird, weird, unique uh, kind of therapies we do. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's really, these are some of my favorite, but what you come in and that's the different approach and what, what's something I should say, you don't come in and say, I want that at our clinic. It doesn't work that way. It's what does your body want? You may think yeah. you want it, but your body's really calling for something else. And we don't want to deprive you of that. It's nice. And I get it. If you're in a healthy state, you could probably do that because there's no side effects from these, really. That's mm -hmm. the beauty of it. Also, you could do an IV laser if you wanted to. And there wouldn't be anything wrong with that. But what if your body needs something else to really heal? Mm -hmm. why, would we, why would we say, okay, let's just do that and not this? But yeah. if your body needs vitamin B and you're saying, I just want vitamin C, it's going, well, you got plenty of vitamin C, actually, that you think you need it is something else that what it's showing us is you need something else. So 
that's kind of the approach. Nevertheless, I, I do want to kind of start to move into this idea of opening it up to other people for performance or just to experience it, just to get them involved a little bit more and yeah. see what it's like to do these therapies. So we are getting to that stage where we're opening the door a lot more to people, just doing tours, putting them in front of a biocharger, seeing how they feel and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, getting that awareness. I say experience is everything. Experience trumps evidence. It really does. Evidence is necessary, I think, especially in medicine. But clinical data won't show you how to heal or won't actually give you a feeling of healing. Only the experience will. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What I love hearing you when I hear you talk as well, and and also just, you know, for anyone listening, um, you know, Casper does have an amazing podcast, the Your Health, Your Story podcast, where you do actually talk about a lot of these machines and these gadgets. You've done episodes with, you know, the guys from Biocharger and, you know, the guy from Summer Vedic and... Yeah, which really kind of gives you an insight, deeper insight into how they work. What I love hearing you speak is you're not medically trained. No. And I, I kind of, you know, we get this thing right online. Oh, but you're not a doctor. And I'm like, well, thank God I'm not a doctor. Right. <laughs> I made a decision not to be. I could go to medical school if I want. I've certainly done enough years of research. I can read, you know, medical studies and data as good right. as any doctor now. But your knowledge base is so vast and it just kind of I love to talk to people like you and kind of show my audience that you don't need to hear it from someone in a white coat who has a specific certificate there are plenty of people out there doing amazing things who have a deep enough knowledge of health and what is required for health and for healing that haven't been to medical school and that's why I love speaking to people like you yeah, I think, listen, there, there is an appreciation for doctor. I definitely have. My father's a doctor. All good friends are doctors, you know. I have thousands in my network of doctors. But at the end of the day, they're not, you know, some kind of special gods out they're there. They're not gods. That's the thing. It's no, not appreciated. they screw up all the time. Half of them are sick. I see them in our clinic all the time, right? right. It's like, so, you know, we, we have to understand they're still humans. They're fallible. They specialize in things normally, especially the doctors that are trained today are a little bit indoctrinated in many ways, don't know things about other things. I mean, I remember recently, uh, well, it was before the pandemic, I was in Portugal and I was in the airport and I was picking up sardines because that's big in Portugal. And they they have at the airport, they have different years, like, you know, of uh, birthdays and whose it is. So you could get one for a friend whose birthday that is. And so <laughs> I was doing that. And I remember someone came in there and said, oh, are, are these healthy? Like, I thought these were, you know, and I'm like, actually, they are, you know, the, um, uh, the fatty acid, omega-3, and all this, and kind of, you know, told and she, God, I would never know. I'm a cardiologist, and I never knew that. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. It, it was, again, it just goes to show, you know, cardiologists knew maybe some surgery, what a statin does, this, that, can reiterate the clinical data very nicely, even though that, you know, I would say IBM Watson's much better at telling you the data because, It'll be up to date and processing it much quicker. A doctor only knows a certain amount, what they're told, what's within their kind of awareness and what they're doing. Um, but that's, they're not the end all. You know, doctors may know a lot about something and may know very little about something else. And unfortunately, the things they know very little about, they will tell their patients to stay away from. You know, and that's the truth of it because. Medicine, in, as, as it is, is a very medical legal thing. You're trying to avoid risk. So you got to tell worst case scenarios and scare the hell out of them. Yeah. You got to tell them anything that they are not familiar with, don't touch. It may be bad for you. 
Um, they, they don't know the cutting edge kind of stuff coming out on nutrition most of the time. So that doesn't really matter because, you know, it's your genes anyway, and this pill will address that, right? And it'll keep you in check and manage your disease. But that's the thing. Most doctors don't heal. You know, most doctors aren't taught to heal. Right. If you have a chronic disease, how many of those are you, you know, going to actually not have a chronic disease after visiting a doctor? Yeah, exactly. You'll be yeah. on a pill, but you're told for the rest of your life, you'll have that. But this right. pill will cure. And if something else comes up because of the side effects of that pill or it's not enough, we got another pill for that, right? So yeah. I do think that, that, you know, doing your own research, I think you need to respect. I've, I've seen this happen a lot where patients come in and start reiterating WebMD to one of the practitioners at our clinic. And trust me, no doctor likes that. I'm not no, saying no. it's not necessary. At times you could bring up, what about this therapy I heard about? That's great to be inquisitive and even skeptical at times. But I think at the end of the day, this is it. You got to trust your doctor to work as a partner with you. If you don't mm -hmm. have that trust that the doctor is going to, or your medical team or whatever, is going to give you a plan of action that you want to execute and that you can do, you shouldn't be going to that doctor. You, yeah. you shouldn't be even seeking that type of treatment then. And that's why I feel that innovative medicine, what we're doing is not for everyone. It's not, people want the easy way out. They want the yeah. pill. They don't want to switch the way they eat or change their job. That's really high stress and probably causing their illness. Then this definitely is not for you because you can't pay your way out of that. And if you're not willing to make changes yourself, real drastic changes in some cases, then this medicine is not for you. Then conventional probably approach of just taking a pill and subsiding symptoms is the right way for you. Yeah, I totally agree because it's so half of the battle is kind of taking ownership of your healthcare, your well-being, yourself, and knowing that it has to come from the work you put in. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's that's again to me that's incredibly empowering. That's where patients, I think, start to see I do have the power to get better. As much as my doctor told me I can't, yeah. I have to be on this pill, and it's going to be lifelong. That's not my truth. Yeah. Maybe someone else's truth. And if you believe it, that belief system will kick everything else in your life and all your actions will then result in, I will always be like this. I need this pill to survive. It's the only way. Whereas other people, once you change that belief or open yourself up to something new, you will see you have so much power. The body is amazing at healing itself. You just need to give it the right tools. It's out of whack right now. It's out of balance. Get it back in balance and you'll see how miraculous it is. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, before we end, I something else I'm passionate about is intentional entrepreneurship. And you are obviously an entrepreneur, and you have, you know, been in your own business, but you're it's coinciding with health. So I find that really fascinating. I love, you know, people running businesses within the wellness industry uh, to, you know, help to heal. Um, what's been the hardest part of this journey in a business sense? I think the hardest part in a business sense is trying to, you know, take in everything you've learned in business school and sort of apply it really and almost forget a lot about it, you know, because so much of what we are taught is like, you know, your fiduciary duty to stakeholders is to make as much money as possible and, you know, maximize profits. And it's like, again, it comes back to what success is for business. And I think success is adding value to others, people life and being happy in what you do. And that's, that's the level of success. And it's, a, it's more on a spiritual quest. I remember seeing this, uh, someone posted about, you know, a question for some entrepreneur of like, 
how do you balance business and spirituality? It's like, there is no balance. It's the same thing. Like spirituality does not extend to certain things and stop. It applies to it. And I think that you do have a moral code in what you do and, and a calling and purpose to what you do that should be reflected within the business side of it. And the end game is to add value and help people. So it goes against sometimes the idea of profits. Sometimes you got to, you know, give in a little bit for the profits. But at the end of the day, I think what it comes down to from businesses, you know, the energy you put in will be the energy you get back. That's money, that's success, that's, you know, whatever you want to call it there. But it, it really, to me, is, is, is changed. Where in the beginning, I was all about cost cutting, learning about this and looking at the numbers so intricately that yeah. I'd stay up at night and like wait for the bookkeeper to give me, you know, the monthly things. And, oh, why did this go up? Oh, this percentage ratio is too high. And it was like I was overanalyzing and being so, you know, just, just in my own head about those things. And it's not to say every business has to do that. I've met with too many doctors that aren't pricing things right, that are running out of money and don't know it. And don't know those business key, you know, KPIs and, and kind of metrics that, that kind of show you some insight. But it's also not the end all game. You know, that's not it. That revenue goes up and down. That's bound to happen. And I think if you focus on the goal, the mission, the kind of, you know, bigger picture of it all, that should be your guide in business. You'll have the ups and downs regardless of what you do, how you approach it. But it's, it's more about this kind of finding out yourself through the business, always staying true to yourself, being authentic about it, and being able to share that through a model that is a so-called business. That's really it. So I just took what I knew. I took what I knew, what I loved. I applied it. I do think it is an art in some way, and an art goes beyond those measurements of, of just numbers and goes into feelings, intuition, goes into really seeing it as a craft as well. I take pride in everything I put out there and, and love what I do. And for that reason, it brings me great passion. And I think that comes out and it turns around. That's the energy I put out and it comes back in that way. And I've been able to be successful that way. But it's, it's not to say that my goal is like a billion dollars or, you know, this many people. That would be nice. Sure. But would it like crush me if no, of course not. That, because mm -hmm. I think it's, it's on being on the right path. And, and if that happens to be business or something else, whatever you want to call, if you happen to work for someone and feel like you're on the right path, that's amazing. Don't think. I think too many people these days, when I started entrepreneurship was such a weird thing, right? It wasn't even around. Like what yeah. is an entrepreneur in the early 2000s just starting and, you know, didn't even have classes in my business school about it. But, um, but now it's like everyone wants to be one. It is the cool thing to do. But it's not for everyone. I mean, there's, there's real downsides to it. It's incredibly hard at times, incredibly lonely at times, incredibly trying. Um, uh, but you got to have true conviction and it has to be in your, your purpose, your path. Yeah. And so if your path is one to walk alongside someone, but feel like you're doing and adding so much value to a company, to a cause, then that's an amazing thing also. And that that's going to really fulfill you too. So it's really being in touch with yourself. And I think business is it's just about finding yourself and how you're going to kind of present that to the world and, and be able to add value. I love that. Beautiful. Yeah, because a lot of my listeners are, um, you know, majority women, a lot of them running their own businesses, a lot of them running small businesses very much yep. with 
with an objective or an intention of serving from all kinds of, you know, different uh, ways of doing that. But so I know that, the, you know, these conversations often inspire them. Right. So before we end rapid fire round, which I call all about you, which just helps the listener to get to know you a bit better. And the first one is always the same one, which is wellness is wellness is balance of the body, mind, spirit. That's mm. it. It's homeostasis is optimizing those three levels and not neglecting one or the other or saying this is more important. So that's really it. Don't don't just focus on diet and exercise and think that's wellness. It's so off. No, have your mind right, meditate, all that. And then spiritually as well. Do you have purpose? Is your consciousness up? Are you thinking negatively or positively? So I mean, literally, if anyone interviewed me on my own podcast, that would be my answer. So thumbs yeah, up. no, I, I think <laughs> when you get to a certain point, it's like that makes sense, right? That's yeah. No, because some people give these really kind of abstract answers, and I'm like, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be my answer. Okay, so in your bio that your team sent, it said something about going to different countries and trying lots of exotic foods or everything you there's nothing you haven't tried or something like that so i'm intrigued to know what you have tried in cambodia there were tarantulas and scorpions and grubs and um in iceland there was rotten shark a coral if you if anyone's ever been to iceland there's a delicacy there in Kenya and throughout Africa, it was giraffe, zebra, uh, crocodile. Listen, here's the thing. At the end of the day, when you travel enough, you're going to see that the whole world does not live on hamburgers and hot dogs. (laughs) That's what people think. And they get insulted sometimes that you're eating a different animal. Well, guess what? People in India are insulted at anyone that goes to McDonald's, right? So you have to let go of this idea that your way is best in this world. It's a very large world. Mm -hmm. And there's so many beautiful cultures and things out there. And if you're in that culture, I want to truly immerse myself in it. I want to go to local spots. I want to have that food. I want to make sure it's cooked well so I don't get a parasite. But right. but I love trying it. It's not to say I like it. Tarantula, come on, Tarantula wasn't bad. I mean, that was in a, a Cambodia. I was in Siem Reap, and it was like a French good, like very well-known, I guess, uh, chef that does it in specific ways, more westernized than what you'll just get off street carts, let's say in Bangkok, of just a tarantula on like a stick that's just under fire. Listen, will I eat it again? Probably not. But I definitely wanted to try it. I want to expose myself to as many things and see how people around the world live. Because some people live off that. You know what I mean? Like some people eat like crazy stuff all the time. And again, is it crazy even if that's their norm? Are we crazy because we eat all processed things that is not natural? Is not a tarantula more natural than a box of cheeses? I would say absolutely. It's not as processed, right? <laughs> is is it as good? good? Who knows? So so yeah, uh, I've I've always done that. I will continue to do that. I I love the idea of just being out there, immersing yourself in different cultures, learning about different things, seeing things in a different perspective. And if part of that is eating something weird or disgusting to some, uh, so be it. Okay. <laughs> what health hack should everyone be introducing to their lives? Oh, man, I I think this one, I'm going to go back to how I started my day. It's like, mind the quality of your water is a health hack. Structured water. Stop thinking filtered water is like the best or good, you know? Stop thinking Dasani's are good for you because that's just, yeah, it's, it's water without impurities, but it's also dead water, you could say. 
start learning about Emoto's work and understanding that we ourselves are mostly made of water and that water is insanely critical to every single function in our body and the quality of water is so important. Again, people get this really well when you talk about a really nice car that costs a lot. You're putting premium gas into it, right? You're paying extra for it. Yet somehow people think tap water is just fine. And I, it's not, I'm sorry. There's, there's qualities to everything. And if you haven't seen all the stuff that's in tap water, just look it up. Everything yeah. from pharmaceuticals, fluoride, all these things are bad for us. And yet that's the thing we need most is water. So invest in structured water, whether that's you know using gemstones like gem water. I interviewed her and Jeanette Senecio um, about how gems structure water, uh, or you're using something like a U-matrix coaster, which uses special frequencies in ceramic, or you use Soma Vedic. There's so many different ways. There really are. And I'm not going to push any single one because you could do it in so many. Even you know having filtered water and praying to it can change that. Again, Emoto's work, saying okay. words to water. Yeah, I know that through homeopathy because with homeopathy yep. you can put like if you don't have the right remedy, you can write the name of the remedy and yeah. put your water on that piece of paper. Absolutely. Um, That's what Emoto did. And then he froze it, flash froze it, and looked at the crystallization. And you have beautiful structured crystallization under those. Under ones with hateful word, negative words, you had kind of disgusting. Or if you had tap water, it looked like mud almost. There was no structure to the water. Mm. It was, it was, it was your body wouldn't be able to utilize it as much, really, is what we're saying. It's like, you know, one person said, the water isn't wet for your body. It's, it's just going in and coming out because your body doesn't even want it. You'll just urinate it right back out if it's bad water, in a sense, whereas wet water is hydrating, is life-giving, it is structured, it gives information to each cell on how to properly work almost. So you know, that, that's, that's a hack that I think is so simple at the end of the day and just drink more water of it, of structured kind and, and look at the quality. Don't drink plastic, drink out of glass, like all these things. There's so many things you could break down about this one thing, water, that is so essential to life, earth, everything. Without water, there is no life whatsoever. So, you know, that, that's a, a interesting hack. And I continue to learn more about the, the, awesome power of water and it. it really is healing how can you use summer vedic for water you put your water near it just near it just near it yeah. because it's the same thing i mean when i sp spoke to yure and <clears throat> and he kind of discussed how it works and everything there, there are different rocks elements inside the soma vedic and it's kind of giving that off different combinations are used i think one of them is specifically for just water so they have different models, but I think most of their models actually help with it. So you could go like full on. We have an infinity water charger, which is from Italy that uses different ceramics and like a spiral that comes from the filtration system under our sink at the clinic. So we pour water into that, into glass jars. So it's filtered, it's remineralized in a 13 process kind of um, filter itself. So it takes out, it uses all the UV, everything to kill anything and remove any impurities. It remineralizes it because that too, you want minerals. Dr. James D. Nick is all about that when I spoke to him, uh, the mineral fix and how important things like Gerald Steiner water can be also in giving you minerals that you're lacking and then to uh, structure it. And then even after that, we put it on a coaster U matrix, which also gives a frequency that structures it. Oh, wow. And we have a Soma Vedic by it. So it's like, we're just, we're probably overdoing it. I did this and it seems like, yeah, for yo, everyone chill, listening, chill. For everyone listening, you don't need that. Yeah. It's going to cause a lot of overwhelm. You don't need all of that. No, I'm just saying you, you, you definitely have options and to just learn about some of these is wonderful because I really think that's, 
that's just such a, a foundational piece, water, right? Yeah, yeah. We need it. We need our bodies require it. So much of us is water. Why not focus on that as the hack to get to the highest quality possible? Absolutely. You'll have to send me information about those coasters because I'm a bit fascinated now. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you one. They're, they're great stuff. I love Pierre Nicolas out of France kind of has been doing this work into how to EMF work, but also structuring and frequencies, how water works around these different frequencies. So, Wow. Okay, so last one is um, what are you most enchanted by in a person? I think I'm most enchanted. I've realized in passion, you know, if I could connect and here's the thing, it's I hate small talk. <laughs> um, I'm such an INFJ. And if you don't know what that is, yeah, yeah, introvert, yeah. Myers-Briggs, right. right? That I love people that I don't care what the subject is, or if I even totally disagree with you. But if you're passionate, usually passionate people are very open to other things because they want to hear all sides of the story. They want to not be right. They want to find out the truth. Mm -hmm. And I find myself to be a truth seeker. I don't want to be in the black or white of things. I want to be in the gray or the multitude of rainbow colors in between and look at life that way and see everything through the eyes of someone that's passionate about life, about health, about all these things. So when I find someone else that's passionate, such as yourself for healing and everything, that's why people like, wait, you're an introvert. No, 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 no. You are yeah, not. So and I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, I've taken this test so many times and I'm like 98% an introvert. I need so much alone time to recharge. I don't like big groups. I despise full talk and things like that. So I am. But when you get me talking about something I'm passionate about, I just light up and I love connecting with people that light up about other things as well. So mm -hmm. I think all of us have that. We have these flames within us. Sometimes we're just not expressing them. So they become small and we become, you know, a little bit disillusioned and we become jaded with life and we start getting negative. Our consciousness level drops. That's why to me, it's like, all right, if there's one thing you could do, find purpose. Purpose will give you passion. Passion will lead you towards happiness, health, everything. So it's like, if you could just do that, you got so much of it figured out in life once you have that. And it could be anything. It doesn't have to be about business, about health. It could be about a cause, a small one, you know, building a village somewhere in a different country could be your thing, right? And you find purpose and you, you, when you hear someone speak about that one village, connecting how they're going to build it. It's like, oh, I just could listen to someone for hours when they're talking passionately about something. So I'm exactly right? the same. That's, that's yeah. a quality that I've learned. And it's like, and sometimes you'll meet someone great and it's just like, oh, I don't like this and this. And it's like, okay, tell me what you do like, because I want to hear the passion in you. Everyone has it. Everyone does. If you're questioning it right now, that just means you have to find some sort of purpose also that that is not there right now, but is there inside of you. You're just not expressing it. And I think that's so key is like, if you're going to get started on any journey, on any healing path, it's like, first thing is, what's your purpose? What do you want out of this? Do you want to build a thumb? Do you want to go traveling around the world? That is a purposeful thing that will then lead you to passion and then lead you to choices that manifest that the universe will conspire for you when you put that out there. Yeah, so true. I love that. Because and what you said about it doesn't have to be something you're into. But like, you know, I've got a friend studying art therapy at the moment. And it's not that's not my passion. It's not my purpose. But she's gone right. back 
back to school to study something she's super passionate about. And I love hearing her telling me about her studies because I love it when people do new things and they're exploring and they're learning and they found their purpose and they found their passion. It's cool. And that's the thing, Lauren. It's once you find that purpose and passion, all the roadblocks kind of just go away. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm too old to go back to school. I don't have the money. It's not realistic. Mm. I need to pay the bills. Like you can make every excuse under the sun as to why you shouldn't do something. But when you have passion and purpose, that goes away or you just break right through it. You do it. And that is an incredible feat. And people will admire that. Oh, wow. You know, I thought that was impossible. Like nothing is impossible. The purpose and passion. So find it, do it and and don't even second guess it. Amazing note to end on. It's been a great chat. Just let people know where they can find you and follow all your incredible posts about IV laser therapy and other cool stuff. (laughs) Yeah, so so personally, I post all of that crazy stuff on uh, mostly on Instagram. That's my I'm a visual person. So I like to take the pictures and throw them up and do little videos on stuff and throw up my podcast stuff and all the experts on there. So that's at Casper, C-A-S-P-A-R. Last name's going to be hard. It's all one word, S. S-Z-U-L-C. So uh, don't worry, we'll be in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's like, what? (laughs) Schultz. uh, Very (laughs) strange Polish spelling, right? Um, Otherwise, innovative medicine. Lauren Vaknin. I know, I know. (laughs) Everyone's got their quirkiness in their names normally. So, and innovativemedicine.com. We're going through a rebrand. It's going to be awesome once it's finally done. It's been like a a lifelong kind of, not lifelong, but a long journey to kind of empower more people, not just about what the clinic does, all the therapies, but also so many articles, the podcast, uh, you know, unique content and quizzes and everything and good products. So, innovativemedicine.com that's that's the mission that's that's where it all kind of stems from and you can learn a lot there beautiful okay well casper thank you so much it's been such a great chat as usual thank you um, lauren we'll have to do it again yeah absolutely really enjoyed it this episode of reconditioned was brought to you with support by london's leading biological dentistry clinic The Indu Clinic in Harley Street, a -a one-of-a-kind clinic that combines biological dentistry with functional medicine to optimize not only your dental health, but your general well-being. Using practices such as safe mercury removal, removal of root canals and hidden infections, treatment of inflammation, treatment of cavitations, and much more. Visit nduclinic.com and receive 10% off your initial consultation and any scans or hygienist appointment by letting them know you came through Lauren on the Reconditioned podcast. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to Reconditioned today. I'd be so grateful if you could subscribe and maybe even leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. And better still, if you could share with friends and family who could benefit from the content, that's what I'd really love. I just want us to share the love so that everyone can understand how to use an integrative approach to life and health. For more free resources, visit laurenvacneen.co.uk and laurenvacneencoaching.com.